Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to be learning about what a disciple looks like. What does it look like to live a life of discipleship? And we're going to be hearing from 1 Peter. So a little background in 1 Peter. The saints in Asia Minor were starting to have some doubts, most likely. Their lives weren't what they anticipated. They were facing persecutions, hardship in their daily lives. The honeymoon period of their faith was wearing off. And the madness of the world was pressing in on them. I was reminded of how quickly that can happen this week. As I parked my car at a friend's house on the street in Mount Horeb on Sunday night for the Super Bowl, and then I went out to go home and my car was in the neighbor's yard and totally smashed. And then it took 18 hours to get a tow truck and then on my way back into town to meet the tow truck driver, right as I'm coming down the same street my car got hit on, somebody smashes straight into a pole and their tire goes flying, they spin out. And I was just feeling like the world is chaos. And that chaos kind of, you know, took up a little residence in me. And when that happens, it changes the way we think about what is and what is not, what is right and what is wrong, what is the nature of my reality here, and how does it affect my behavior. I imagine that those suffering Christians were feeling a bit like that as the whole world was turned against Christianity. They were the outsiders, the weirdos, the people who gathered together and claimed to eat and drink some guy's body and blood. The pressure was mounting on them, and I'm sure that that was wearing on their hearts and that they were having a hard time walking as disciples. And so Peter writes to reorient them, to refocus them, to encourage them. And that's what he does in the first chapter before our text. He reorients their perspective Right in the opening of the letter, he says, to the called exiles, to the foreigners, those who are not at home in the world, those not seeking a home in the world. And this time of wandering is looking forward to that living hope 
in the resurrected Christ. It made me think of a picture. Have you ever gotten in an airplane and maybe it was cloudy or raining or storming on the ground and as you take off and you break up through the clouds and there's a totally different reality up there. No rain, pure sunshine, all seemingly still and there's a cloud floor. That's what Peter does in chapter 1. He lifts them up, lifts their eyes and their hope to that unchanging, resurrected Christ seated in the heavens. That is the foundation for the life of discipleship and the foundation for all which comes in our verses for today. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. While Peter says a lot in this section, if you look at the Greek, it's actually a little bit more clear than English because there's only one main verb in Greek in this section. While English has to break it up and make a whole bunch of new sentences to make it clear, the main sentence in the midst of those two verses is love one another deeply from pure hearts. And everything that surrounds it is support for that love. You, you yourselves, have been purified, washed in the blood of Christ. For what? To love one another. Peter says, you've been purified by obedience to the truth to, in order that, you love one another. This is part of God's grand plan for your life as a disciple. This is why he gave you new birth. It is to love. And more than just love, Peter focuses on something also very particular about love. And he focuses on it for a very particular reason. It's the word that we have in English as deeply. Love deeply. It has the idea of something that is unchanging, persistent, enduring. This is the kind of love that disciples of the God who is love show. And why is unchanging love a particular goal of a disciple's life? 
It is because you have been born, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. See, the life of a disciple, the life of the newborn baby given new life from the living and enduring word of God, that new life is characterized by what it's made from. Just like if you plant a broccoli seed, you get broccoli. If you're planted by the seed of God, by the Holy Spirit, by the living and enduring word of God, then your life, your love, shows the marks of God. The same life and endurance and living love. Peter supports that with the picture, which I very much just kind of referenced. All men are like grass and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You see, Peter says, this is what you used to be. That grass that withers. All your glory. Disappear. The flower that fades and falls. By nature, that was our lot. All our lives destined to be sin and destruction. But this new life is according to a new seed. Not the seed of the old man destined for death, but the seed of the living God. And that seed springs up to life imperishable because the seed is imperishable. And this is the word that was preached to you. This imperishable living and enduring word of God remains still and is here meeting you today. Let your love as disciples be as enduring as that word. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Just as loving one another was the main sentence in the first half, there's only one main verb in this section as well, and it is crave pure spiritual milk. It seems like maybe a bizarre instruction, like how can you tell someone what to desire? Like you're, you're telling me that I should want more of something than maybe I do. But Peter is very sure that this desire is in them by nature of their new birth. 
And what is pure spiritual milk? If I had to give you a very long rendition of the sense that I get is the logical, high-quality, nourishing sustenance for brand-new babies according, born according to God's own purity and nature. It's maybe convoluted, but... The end is salvation. He says, so that you grow up into salvation. So the focus is on everything that makes sense for disciples to reach that end for which they've been born. And he lists those things which have been set aside the things which we know have no place in a life fit for eternity. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, every kind of evil. These are the kinds of things that get into our hearts when we lose sight of that living hope. These are the kinds of things by nature which we feel we can protect ourselves and exert our strength and maybe get some of the things that we want while we're here on this earth. And Peter says, those are not a part of your new birth. Those have no place. Those do not lead to the end of salvation. Streamline your life of discipleship towards that goal. We all know how to get things on this earth, right? If you want a house, if you want a car, you save and you plan and you make sure you have enough for the down payment and that you'll be able to pay the monthly bill and we all know how to get things that we want in our lives. Most likely, you're going to school or you're working a certain job because you have a goal. We know how to work like this. And Peter says, put your sanctified new birth into faithful hands. Guard and keep that newborn life which God has given you. Feed it only with that which is going to nourish it. How many things in our lives are superfluous to that end? How many of them are just distractions? And how many of them are downright opposed they are not good nourishment for those growing up into salvation. In this day and age, we all know how dangerous of a world we live in, not only physically, but intellectually and emotionally, spiritually, 
around every digital corner, on every billboard, the spiritual forces of evil are at work. Peter says, make sure you just get the good stuff. Fill your life with good friends. Live in Christ. Meditate on his word in everything you do. Seek his will. Plan. Make sure that if there's anything you do in this life, you get to the salvation for which you were born. That is Peter's encouragement for disciples. Because that is the purpose for which God has called you. Peter closes with an interesting little twist. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. In the Greek, it's the same word that means if. And it can mean since or now as translated, but it, has, it lands a little bit differently. It's meant to just raise that flag a little bit. It's meant for you to question yourself. Have you tasted? And of course, we, along with those in Asia Minor, would say, absolutely, I've tasted. God has given me brand new life. He has given me a living hope that sets me far above the chaos of this world. And that hope is living in me. Oh yes, I know the Lord is good. And then the desired turn at the end is, well, good. Then you know God is faithful and he will accomplish it. He will not fail. You need not fear living a life that looks like foolishness. You need not fear your suffering. You need not fear how you will get along in this world if all you do is focus on your salvation. You need not fear because you have already tasted that the Lord is good. And blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us to this living hope that we have in our resurrected Savior. For giving us new birth through the sprinkling of blood. Heavenly Father, May our lives of discipleship be as constant and as steady as your love for us and as enduring as your word. May our lives be founded in your word. May we live the love of Christ and hope in him and in our resurrection at his coming again. We ask all these things in his blessed and holy name. Amen.